two-seater built in 1952. Dumont built a country store while back her farming too. Hey there, goat lovers. This is my third try to get out the first three sentences of this podcast. So, wish me luck. Welcome to December. Welcome to the Goat Locker Podcast. My name's Vicki. And uh, I hope everybody had a great Thanksgiving. I hope it was all you wanted. You know, that there was people around that you loved. And that you were able to be thankful for what was in front of you. You know, just simple. Uh, Mine was great. My husband, Barry, was here for 16 days in a row. And, uh, you know, we've been on a geographical bachelor, geographical bachelorette um, tour for about two and a half years now. And so him being here for that long of a stretch was a treat. And I was sure thankful for it. It felt almost normal. And um, hopefully, hopefully we'll be able to experience a lot more of that. Uh, before too long. That's what I'm hoping for anyway. Um, We also got to, so Sam, our youngest son, uh, is a firefighter for Greensboro now, and we got to go and spend Thanksgiving with him at his station. And that was, that was uh, glorious. Thankful for that as well. All right, so the goats, they are, uh, they are really pulling their load here on the funny farm, and I got to give them some Got to give them some props for that. <laughs> you know, I can depend on them every daggone day. I, I don't care how corny it sounds, how goofy it sounds, and how many times I say it, but they make me laugh every day. It, it is a pleasure to be around them. Um, so now it's about 12 days in a row, although we had one nasty rainy day last week that we didn't go walking, but I'll take them for a walk down into the south pasture. Started out the first couple of days, I took them on a halter because I I figured they'd try to run for the barn and, you know, they thought it was supper time. They always want it to be supper time. (laughs) But anyway, we walked down to the south pasture and I let them go and, you know, they just had a blast eating weeds. You know, there's a lot of weeds in that south pasture and um, so they enjoyed that. And either Boris or Natasha has accompanied us (laughs) the first few days it was uh, Natasha and Thelma would just run her off every time she tried to headbutt her and then run her off and then Boris came for a few days and Thelma did the same thing now Natasha's back and they're friends they've like touched noses and you know so I think they realize that you know they're all part of the big family (laughs) so that was sweet Uh, I also weighed them yesterday Thelma is 45 pounds and Louise is 50. The last time I weighed them, and I I, I can't find where I wrote it down, but it's been a couple of months, and they were 25 and 35. There was a 10-pound difference. Louise is the bigger one she has been since I got them, and they're twins, in case you've forgotten, Um, but Thelma was definitely the smallest one. And she still is, but it's not as easy to see that. It's not as obvious now. But I'm going to try to weigh them again because I used a different scale and it's kind of hard to see over a 50-pound goat to the scale below me. So we'll try it out. Maybe Sam will help me today. It's a good thing that I re-weighed them because Thelma is 40 pounds and Louise is 50. Okay, so I have awesome news about the Golden Goat Award. And this is 
this might be a little bit of a longer podcast. I got a lot to say. So, lucky you. So, the Golden Goat Award was presented Tuesday night in Kansas City. It was presented to A.J. Miller. Uh, Now, this is a hell of a story. I love it. Um, I love everything about it because it involves flowers and volunteering and, excuse me, and Golden Goats. So, Unexpected Blooms is a nonprofit organization um, that covers the entire Kansas City area. They rescue, redesign, and deliver floral arrangements to bring joy to individuals in the community. That's their mission. They get donations of flowers from weddings and memorial services, private parties, florists, and even retailers. And then the volunteers, they recut the flowers, refresh them, and then put them into small bouquets, and then they deliver them. They deliver them um, to senior residential care, um, other communities, but they work with the health care and the hospice communities. And AJ has been serving Unexpected Blooms uh, for a couple of years. She is the ops leader for her team. So she handles all the details, makes sure that, you know, things are picked up and delivered. And, you know, there's a lot of details. There's a lot of late night, you know, you figure weddings sometimes go to wee hours in the morning and somebody goes and picks up those flowers after the reception's over. Um, So the team, I think the entire team that she deals with and um, is about 15. There's 15 volunteers. But um, the entire team received the Golden Goat Award with the, you know, the small business cards that we use, and they also got a written note of thanks. AJ received the second level, you know, which is the highly coveted, and I do love saying that, even though I don't know if it's coveted or not, but she received the Golden Goat Trophy. And this is the write-up for AJ's award. Congratulations, AJ Miller. You are being recognized for your awesomeness with the Golden Goat Award. Your devotion to unexpected blooms is inspiring, and your leadership is instrumental to successfully rescuing, redesigning, and delivering beautiful floral arrangements. You help deliver happiness and bring joy to your community. What a beautiful gift. You are making a difference. We see it, and we appreciate you. Uh, It's just beautiful, and it gives me cold chills. But uh, to top all of this off, Jill, my friend and Golden Goat awardee that I I knew from my time living in Kansas City, she is basically our unofficial official ambassador to the Golden Goat Award. But she took the whole team on a bus ride to see the Christmas lights in the city. Her husband, Mark, drove the bus. She... Uh, That was when she passed out all the cards to all the volunteers. And then she presented the trophy to AJ. So how awesome is that? It couldn't be any more awesome, really. So hats off to the Unexpected Blooms team, to AJ Miller, and the the merry group of volunteers and Jill. Y'all are all making a difference, and we really, really appreciate it. Maybe y'all remember, I hope you do, um, my cousin Anna was the guest on my last podcast, which was like the middle of November. Um, but we talked about identity and values. If you listen to that podcast or you've read my last few blog posts, most were about identity. And since I've been learning more about who I am and what my values are, I believe it's helpful and it's even critical information. Um, and maybe I hope that it prompted you to just even think about who you are, you know, maybe question it because 
it's not something we think about every day. You know, you got to be intentional. That's, that's the one thing that uh, Anna first said was, you know, it's got to be intentional. That we don't think about it unless it's an intentional thing. Um, but I hope that it prompted you to think about who you are and maybe even write down some values. Um, you know, that's what happens to me when I read something or I'm listening to a podcast or I hear something new. You know, I'd love that feeling that I've discovered something. I know that I'm not the first person to discover it, but I discovered it for me. And so I just, I have to share it all. It's, it's who I am. <laughs> I, I can't stop it and I'm not going to stop it. So there you go. So Barry and I just recently started talking about this whole idea of, you know, you're going to find exactly what you're looking for. Um, there's a quote from To Kill a Mockingbird. People generally see what they look for and hear what they listen for. And to kind of go into this a little bit further, Barry said that, you know, that's kind of the definition of confirmation bias. And I had to look up the term just to to know exactly what, what he meant. Um, and first I wanna, what bias is, is just basically a lack of objectivity or a preconceived notion. I think um, stereotypes, you know, fall under that definition. And then confirmation bias, you're confirming that. It's people's tendency to process information by looking for or interpreting information that is consistent with their existing belief. So you're just, <clears throat> excuse me, you're just gonna look for whatever confirms what you already believe. Just getting back to you know, the original idea that, that I was thinking about, you know, finding exactly what you're looking for. So if you believe an event, something that's happened to you, um, that you believe that it is a tragedy and it, it's gonna break your heart or it's going to stop forward motion, it's gonna ruin, it's gonna ruin whatever's going on right now, then that surely can happen, surely will happen. But if you believe that what just happened is going to be a launching point for something else, that it's gonna be a new beginning, um, it's gonna make you the happiest girl in the world, by golly, it will. That's exactly what's going to happen. You know, there's just so much strength in what we believe and what we think is the truth. And Jason Redmond is a former Navy SEAL who um, was in a really critical um, firefight in Iraq, and he got shot in the face. He got shot multiple times, but, you know, he's had a long road of recovery, and he has transformed himself. He's like a motivational speaker. He's written books. And so he refers to the X, kind of like being, um, being on the X that marks the target. And he says, you know, you got to get off the X. Everybody spends time there. We're all going to experience things, um, that things will happen to us. Um, we get ambushed by circumstances. Uh, so the X is the event that actually hits you. It can be a catastrophic it can just knock the wind out of you. And sometimes we can get stuck there. Some people can get stuck for years on the X. They can't move, can't move forward. And he says that people respond to life ambushes in three different ways. First way would be they're just destroyed by it and they, they just can't stop rehashing. They can't move forward. Or most people will get through it. They'll get through to the other side, but 
but it's always a struggle for them. And then the third group turns that ambush into a launching point. You know, it's the chance for a new beginning. I think maybe some people, and Jason said this too on his website, um, people get stuck and then they think they're just waiting for things to return to normal. And the first thing I thought about was COVID. You know, remember when we were all going through COVID, especially when it first started, you know, it turned the whole entire world upside down, affected everybody in the world. I don't know if we'll ever experience anything like that, but I remember hearing people say, and I remember hearing it on the news and in conversation too, we just wanted things to get back to normal. You know, when things get back to normal, everybody goes back to, to work and people go to school and, you know, when things get back to normal. But nothing, nothing, it does not work that way. Things don't go back to normal. Things change every second of every day. And if, if things got back to normal, then that would mean that we went backwards. And that's not what we want. So the way I like to think, and I think that this is the, a healthy way to think, um, instead of waiting or wishing for things to go back to the way they were, what's the best way forward? Who do you want to be? Who do we want to be? How do we want our lives to look? What, what is the new way forward? What's the new path? Going through something that rocks you to your foundation has the ability to clarify what's important. You know, it shines a light on, on what's important. It might have been an awful, tragic event, and it might have knocked you on your ass. But we got to get up off the floor and remember how resilient we are. We have the ability to rise up. It's a great ability. When we allow ourselves to become a victim and think of ourselves as a victim, you know, this awful thing has happened to me, and, um, and it just is. It's defined me. You know, I am this accident, I am this job loss, I am this divorce, whatever it is. You know, I have to keep reminding myself that, you know, from and keeping myself from dwelling on what went wrong. You know, do I make excuses? Do I feel sorry for myself? Do I feel like I deserve certain things because of what has happened? And, you know, the answer is yes, sometimes I do that. And it's, it's easy to do. That is the easy thing to do, just to kind of fall into that. It doesn't require any effort, but, you know, then I'll realize what's happening and I'll fight my way up out of it. Uh, it might take a day or two. Sometimes I do wallow and I kind of get paralyzed, but, um, but I realize that and I'll get tired of wallowing or blaming it and realize I'm stuck. And then I take the next right turn, you know, and I keep going forward. Because I believe that that is the right thing to do. That is the healthy thing to do. So the final thing I want to talk about, it's related to this. And so I just watched this documentary. Um, Salika Jawad is a writer that I follow. And she is married to John Batiste, who is a musician. And he was the band leader for Stephen Colbert. But there, there's this documentary that was just released called American Symphony, and it tells the story of Salika and her journey through leukemia, being diagnosed for the second time with leukemia, and going through chemotherapy and her second bone marrow transplant at the same time that John is writing this symphony. And uh, so it happened in, or it was filmed in 2021-22, so, you know, there was some COVID action going on, and... Um, but anyway, it is a beautiful story, and <clears throat> excuse me, she talks about one of the things I wrote down that she said as she's leaving the hospital, 
after her second successful bone marrow transplant. Um, she said, you're meant to return from the hardest moments in your life stronger and braver and more of a warrior for what you've been through. But then she says, I don't want to have tough skin. I want to feel the things that are happening, and happening to me, the terrible things, the beautiful things. I want to be open to it all. And, you know, that goes <clears throat> so against what I've always learned. You know, yeah, we all go through tough things, and it makes us stronger. It makes us tough. It thickens your skin. You know, we want to develop thick skin so things don't bother us. But, you know, what she's saying, no, I want to experience them all. I don't want to gloss over them. I don't want to turn those pages that, of the, the horror story, you know, but I've got to, we have to live through each one of them. This one of my favorite quotes that a life without pain and sorrow is half a life. Pain and sorrow is part of our lives. And, but we have the ability to look forward and to take the path where we want to go. You know, we can have, you know, confirmation bias, the official definition of that. But just remember, we will find exactly what we're looking for. So if you believe it's going to be the end of the world and the end of life as you know it, the end of happiness, then it will. But if you believe that you have the ability to be happy and to find joy and to move forward, then you will. So, you know, that's what we want to do. Correct? Correct. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for agreeing with me. <laughs> okay, goat lovers, thank you so much for listening today. I appreciate you stopping by. Um, send any comments, email, through Substack, through text, Instagram, however you want to do it. Um, on the blog, I've included some links for you to follow if you want to uh, look any more into what I talked about. I appreciate it. And I hope that uh, you stick around and listen to some of my brother singing uh, The Legend of Little Cedar. See you next time, goat lovers. Down at Little Cedar, Newmont's country store. Buy your bread and beer and cola and a whole lot more. Third generation sales now runs this little store. Beverly and Dwayne will greet you. Thomas fishing at the shore. Little Cedar, Little Cedar, built in 1952. Dumont built a country store while back to farming too.